Pardon the interruption, but I'm Israel Gutierrez. Mike and Tony are off, so you've got the B team today. B team? More like the F team, as in Phil and Frank, baby. Mm. Let's do this. Not so sure that's a compliment, Frank. I think they mean something by the F team. Tony texted me earlier today. He said, the throne has been played with too much, and I ain't for horseplay. Mm. Similar to what LeBron said. Right. Is that Tony. your Spider-Man? He's talking to you or me? <laughs> I think he's talking about you. Not me. He's, he's okay with me. Mm. Sometimes. Welcome to PTI with Wilbon and Kornheiser off. I'm joined by my great friend from Miami, our very own ESPN's Izzy Gutierrez. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good to see you. Kind of delayed cheers. That was, it wasn't that loud. It's usually a lot louder for me. All right, LeBron James, of course, is reportedly upset with former Cavs general manager David Griffin, who in a Sports Illustrated story was quoted as saying that the pressure of building a team around LeBron made him, quote, miserable. Griffin also said LeBron was getting all the credit and none of the blame, and quote, that's not fun for people. Griffin appeared on the jump today, and to his credit, he didn't say he was misquoted, but that he did have an issue with how the story was presented. Izzy, do you think Griffin smoothed things over with LeBron today? That's an interesting question there. Whether or not he smoothed things over with LeBron, I'm not so sure, because some of those things that he discussed, like LeBron sort of less of being an animal when it comes to winning a championship, yeah. that that had died down, and the way he painted the experience around LeBron. I still think LeBron takes some of that personally. I still yeah. think he says, Because he gets beaten up on circus. almost everything. Yeah, it's my circus, but it's because of me. I want to win championships. If you can't handle winning championships and the pressure that comes with it, that's your problem, Griff, not mine. Yeah. By the way, uh, LeBron did tweet out, all right, all right, enough is enough. The throne has been played with too much, and I ain't for horseplay. Ether coming that soon. That was before David Griffin Yeah, spoke that today. was before he went on uh, TV. Now, a couple of things. Number one, uh, David Griffin has said this stuff in the past. Most recently, Adrian Wojnarowski had him on his podcast, and he did talk about the pressures of building a team with LeBron on a one-year contract all the time, the expectations of you need to win when you have LeBron. That's all true. But I think when you are cherry-picking certain quotes out of that story, and the story was about the Pelicans, sure. to the writer's credit, it really was, but that's what you're going to do when you see the words LeBron James and you're talking about how you were miserable and LeBron gets all the uh, credit, none of the blame. It comes across as you're being ungrateful. And I don't think David Griffin wanted to do right. that because here's the thing with LeBron. What happened in Miami? They go to the finals all the time. When he went back to Cleveland, they went to the finals and won. So, yeah, there's some misery attached to it. Guess what? You're winning. And Kyrie Irving said the same thing. Has it worked out for Kyrie Irving since he left LeBron? Even beyond the LeBron stuff, I don't think Griffin made himself look very good when he talked about sort of that unsustainable model. Well, look in Miami. If it wasn't for Chris Bosh's blood clots, they would have been able to sustain something. You've got to make it work. But it also, again, comes with the championship chase. You have to take one with the other. You can't have both. Is he? There were 30 general managers in the NBA. All of them have stress and pressure. How many of them would love to have the stress and pressure of having LeBron James at 30 years old rejoin your team? So true. Right? All of them. Exactly. Let's move on to LeBron's good friend, Carmelo Anthony, who sat with our good friend, Stephen A. Smith, on first take this morning to discuss, among other things, his breakup with the Thunder and Rockets, as well as his continued desire to play in the league this season. Take a listen. It strikes me that I'm not on the roster along with, like, due to my talent first, right, due to my skill, knowing what I can still bring to this game, right? You mean to tell me it's 30 teams in the NBA. I can't make a 15-man roster out of 30 teams in the NBA? That's why, that's why I start to, like, think about this a lot more. 30 teams, I can't make a 15-man roster. Frank, did Melo help his cause at all here? Yeah, I- I'm not so sure about that. I think it was smart of him 
to finally speak. He has not played since November, hasn't spoken publicly about his situation since November, but people had spoken for him. Remember Chauncey Billups earlier on Sirius XM NBA radio in July had said that Carmelo used to care more about scoring 30 than winning. Then you had his trainer coming out saying Carmelo wants a farewell tour. No one wants to hear that. Right. So Carmelo did the right thing today going out there and saying, I still want to play. I believe I can help a team, and I'm willing to take whatever role you give me. This is something probably Carmelo should have said two or three years ago. Yeah, it just kind of makes me sad. It just feels like Carmelo just wants to be a part of something. Yes. He wants to belong, right? He didn't really in Denver because he didn't stick around. He gave him, you know, a, a gr- great six, seven years, moved on to the Knicks, gave the Knicks more of their prime, but doesn't really attach himself to one particular team. These organizations, they make these emotional decisions yep. with these stars when they have that attachment to them. Nobody else has that attachment to Carmelo now, and now he looks at his buddies LeBron, Dwayne Wade, all these guys who have championships. He doesn't even have signature playoff moments. All right, so he's right when he says, you know, 450 players, I'm not better. better. Yeah, we get that. But first of all, there's very few teams that would take you because you have to be, he wants to play for a contender. And then he fits a certain role. And in today's NBA, he's an isolation scorer. You tell me, how many teams really need an isolation scorer? And he's never going to be just your everyday eighth or ninth guy. It's always going to be Carmelo Anthony's coming off your bench, and it's going to be a different story for him. He wasn't built to be a role player. He's probably a victim of his own success. What about a team like Toronto, maybe? What about Philadelphia? The Lakers, he's got his guy. There's LeBron. a bunch of teams that could take him, but why would they? There's I, other guys I, I who can play he, that role. I hope he does play. I still think there's a chance. What about you? I, I do. I hope, I hope he plays. Small yeah. chance. It might, it might take a while. All right, football is officially back. The Denver Broncos won Thursday's Hall of Fame game, which featured the debut of uh, Broncos rookie quarterback Drew Locke, as well as the new pass interference challenge. Broncos head coach Vic Fangio, who was on the sideline despite suffering from a kidney stone. How about that for toughness? <laughs> Through the first challenge flag with 319 to go in the second quarter when Denver quarterback, cornerback Lyndon Stevens was called for pass interference. The call, by the way, was upheld. So this is the first game, Izzy. What stood out to you? Well, what stood out to me is it wasn't as painful as passing kidney stones to watch exactly. a Hall of Fame game because there was some intrigue there. And I do think the pass interference penalty was, and, and the review, was the most interesting part. Because if you saw that one, and if you're a cornerback, you look at that play, you yeah. think, wow, I did not significantly hinder that player, but the call stood. It yeah. wasn't confirmed. It stood. And that's the thing about pass interference. It's so subjective. I think we're going to get to the point where coaches barely make this challenge. It has to be painfully obvious, either a non-call or a terrible call, for you to throw the flag there because you can make the argument that significantly hindering a player is, is Let me entirely ask, different every single time. Do you think, now the games are painfully slow at times. It's really going to slow down the game because you know there, and this all goes back to the Saints-Rams game and that call should have been a pass interference. Yes. Here's the thing though, Fangio said before the game that he told people, I'm going to be the first guy <laughs> to throw a flag. So it's almost like he was waiting for he the He was also medicated by the way for the kidney stone, <laughs> exactly. so he doesn't know because what he was saying. It was kind of clear that it was pass interference. I just think that he wanted it to throw it out there. Here's the thing, too. It took a minute, 18 seconds for them to review the play Mm -hmm. and decide that it wasn't pass interference. So that's the thing about this challenge now. It's going to take a while for the referees to get used to it, and it's going to make the games longer. But this is the thing that bothers me, Frank. I don't think it was clear that it was pass interference. If you want to say significantly hindered, he put his arm out, sure, but they were both sort of tussling. He was looking back for the ball, and if you were to say if he didn't put his arm down, would that receiver have been able to get around him and make that catch? No. So I could easily make the argument for the other side. I think that's why these calls aren't going to happen or these flags aren't going to be thrown as often as people think. What do you think of Drew Locke? Seven uh, possessions he had, five punts. I think three, it's a bad sign that your second-round pick doesn't look like an obvious backup. <laughs> and and Fangio said he needs to be a lot better. I wasn't surprised basically at how bad he was. Not great.
from the Hall of Fame game to potential Hall of Famer still rebuilding himself. That's Panthers QB Cam Newton, who now has more shoulder surgeries, too, than MVPs or Super Bowl appearances. And despite going under the knife again back in January, Newton warned yesterday not to assume he's back. Frank, we've seen great QBs recover from shoulder issues. Can Cam? I hope he can, because when you think to where he was a few years ago when he led his team to the Super Bowl and he was at the top of his game, but like you mentioned, he's had surgery now twice mm-hmm. on his throwing shoulder. That's not good. You know, They have talked about him throwing the ball 40 to 50 yards in practice, but that's practice. I just wonder if all those years running the ball, remember, there was one year where he ran 139 times for a quarterback. That was an NFL record. He has taken a lot of hits. That's why Christian McCaffrey, I think, is so important to this team. I think he's going to get a lot of touches, going to be a lot of short passes. I mean, that running back with a giant tree yeah, exactly. for Exactly. like you. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's reason to be concerned because Cam doesn't seem to me like the guy who would throw out those warnings, right? Yeah. He would say, hey, I'm back and I'm Superman. Like, this is Cam Newton. But you're talking a second shoulder surgery. That's you're right. talking about possibly re-sort of structuring his mechanics and everything else. He doesn't have the confidence in it. And what was he? Was he a great, accurate thrower before? So now it's even more so on his mind. I would be very much concerned. Unless you surround him with such elite talent at those skill positions that it's going to be easy throws for him i'd be concerned if i'm a panthers fan not everybody comes back from this type i mean andrew luck we were freaking out about andrew luck for a while and we're thankful he came back but no idea if cam newton's going to be the thrower that he even was before and he even said which was kind of a like a troubling quote he said i don't even know what 100 percent feels like anymore Mm -hmm. i just think those years of being a battering ram and that's what it was so impressive about him that when he ran the ball he was like a middle linebacker running but those kind of hits catch up to you in your bread and butter now can he be a quarterback that stands in the pocket and throws the ball around and, and lights up the field. I don't know. Do you think he can do that? I mean, I think he can. I think he had not maybe not lights up the field. He still has to have a threat. He had a great start to last season, and you saw the immediate difference when his shoulder was it was hurting him. So I still think the healthy feeling, the 80-90% Cam Newton can absolutely be great. And that's why the Panthers have said a lot more touches for Christian McCaffrey this yes. year. Maybe throw the halfback option as well. All right, Tom Brady turns 42 on Saturday. He's entering the final year of his contract and has hinted that he may want to play another three years. So why haven't the Patriots given him a contract extension? The Boston Globe reports that restructuring Brady's current deal makes financial sense for the Patriots, who can create an additional four to eight million in cap space. An extension is beneficial to both the player and, of course, the team. So, Izzy, what is the holdup here? And shout out to Ben Volan for this story because yeah. it just makes, makes me just throw my hands up and say, huh? Does Tom Brady seem like somebody to you that's going year by year and is just going to think about playing next year? Or does he seem like a guy who wants to play beyond this year? Absolutely still wants to play. And do you think that the Patriots would be wise to say, hey, let's just take it year by year, hey, Mr. What five, six rings, yeah. and just see what you got coming in next year? This seems like it makes all the sense in the world as the story laid out. They have more cap space if they go ahead and extend them. Does it seem like the Patriots are, are, are saying, well, we don't know if two years from now you're going to be any well, good, therefore we're not going to extend you and harm ourselves this year by not having more cap space to, say, get Trent Williams from Washington who doesn't want to be that's there? That's right. With that additional cap space, they could potentially make a deal like that. But let me ask you, and Ben does a terrific job on the Patriots, but, you know, Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, they're connected at the hip. They don't know this? Like, why hasn't this happened yet? There must be something going on. Now, they could still extend him, and like we said, it makes a lot of sense for them to do that. Do you think that Bill Belichick, who, let's face it, Bill Belichick has a way of getting rid of a guy before it's, you know, one year too late. I just don't see him doing that with Tom Brady. I think after what happened last year, they believe that Tom Brady could win another Super Bowl. How can you possibly do that? I, 
it's so Bill Belichick of him or so Patriots of him to treat Tom Brady just like any other player. I don't care if he is a 42 or a 42 this weekend quarterback. It's a great age, by the way, 42. I've tried it out. Um, I don't care if he is 42 years old. You have to go ahead and put some faith in this guy unless you believe that Jared Stidham is just ready to yeah, take no, over no, starting it, next year. How amazing is it, though, that he's 42 years old and the NFL players had that survey and he was, you know, he rated number six. Three. I think he should be number one on the list because he, you know, he won a Super Bowl last year. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, but you still shouldn't him. But in a sport where guys take those kind of hits, 42 years old and he's still standing Markable. and still throwing. He's my hero. It really they Give him an extension. They give Izzy one, too. All right, let's take a break. But coming up, is John Harbaugh right that Lamar Jackson could push the entire NFL into a new offensive revolution? And Jerry Jones says he won't bend for Ezekiel Elliott. So what should the running back do now? Coming up next, David Griffin wants to join us. Oh, Will be available? I mean, we'll what back else? And forth. Tom Brady, you want to join us? And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. You know that music. Time for Phil and Fortune Tellers. The phone lines are open. Who's first? Hey, Frank. Hey, Izzy. I want to know if you see Lamar Jackson and the Ravens ushering a new offensive revolution to the NFL. Uh, that's what their head coach is saying. I guess that means John, uh, that uh, Lamar Jackson's going to run a lot more. In fact, when John Harbaugh was told that a few years ago Cam Newton rushed for 130, 139 times in one season, he said take the over take with Lamar Jackson. Over. Lamar Jackson, <laughs> do yourself a favor. Run out of bounds. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to be revolutionary. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, the, the Golden State Warriors of the, the NFL. But I can't wait to see it. I want to see a team that leans into this running quarterback, right? Greg Roman yeah. did it with Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers. And Lamar Jackson Michael is Vick once different. Did it. Yeah. Lamar Jackson is one of those. He is absolutely different. He glides. He's right. just so right. fast. But I totally, I think it's kind of like, how, it can't what just, happened, what happened in the playoffs last year? Isn't that the one game that sticks out? Yes. And isn't in the NFL, it's still about who can throw the ball. You can only run. We just mentioned Cam Newton you before. You have to have hope though. You know, he didn't start he's until later in the season. Talent. He didn't. I'm not, have an try, I'm not trying Come to say on. he's not a great talent. He says talent. he's throwing uh, spirals a lot better. I'm telling you, I want Take. to watch this. I think he can be Steph Curry-like in the NFL. You think you can't win uh, shooting threes? Think you can't win don't, running quarterback? You can don't win go with for running the quarterback. Yard, run out of bounds. You look like a wizard, by the way. Uh, by the way, who do we got next? Hey guys, do you see Ezekiel Elliott reporting by August 6th? All right, that, that's a big day. Now, Jerry Jones came out and said, I don't have a timetable. August 6th, by the way, if Ezekiel Elliott doesn't report to camp, that means instead of becoming a, a free agent two years from now, it'll be three years from now. But I'm here to tell you the deadline that matters, September 8th. That's when the Cowboys open their season against the New York Giants. Yeah, that August 6th thing, he might not ever get to free agent yet. That's right. He's going to get paid at some point. I don't think it means as much to him. I think this is Zeke basically standing up for all running backs. Because you hear Jerry Jones say, you have to put in place more than just a running back to win a championship. But you also have to pay the players most responsible for your success hot, big numbers. And Ezekiel Elliott is arguably he's the, best, the no, most no, responsible no. for their success. Like he's the best running back in the NFL. And after what Le'Veon Bell did, Ezekiel Elliott is smart to do this. By the way, in 1993, Emmett Smith 
was holding out. Missed the first two games of the year. The Cowboys lost those first two games. They signed Emmett Smith. They went on to win the Super Bowl. They need Ezekiel Elliott. So it's going to have to be that August. obvious, though, for them to for them to cave. It can't be a Le'Veon Bell situation where James Conner comes in and actually performs. The Cowboys need to struggle September early. September 8th, is Ezekiel Elliott starting, yes or no? No. I think he will be. All right, what do we got next? Hey, Frank and Izzy. Do you see Clay Thompson coming back better and more athletic? Ah, how about that one? Now, Clay Thompson was on ESPN. He said, to say the dynasty is over is a little ignorant because I'm going to come back 110%. I think I'm going to come back better and even more athletic. It would not be smart to count out the dubs. Now, I love Clay Thompson. He's not a guy that plays above the rim to begin with, so I think he can come back from this knee surgery, 110%, I'm not buying, but I do think that he will play at some point next year. I'm not too worried about him coming back from an ACL. We've seen guys come back from that, maybe not stronger, but at least to their same level. I do think he's talking more in the big picture. I don't think he's saying, hey, next year we're going to have another championship run in him. I do think he thinks that that team we, with him, Clay, with him, Steph, and Draymond can still compete That's at right. a high level. But in terms of Clay, he's almost getting his wish where, you know how people said, hey, maybe you want to see what you're like as a number one option somewhere else? Well, he's going from a situation where he had Kevin Durant yeah. to now without Kevin Durant, and he can take on more responsibility. Maybe not be a classic number one guy, but he can come back and say, hey, look at all these things that I can do that I was holding back because we had all this talent yeah. around us. So don't count them out. And by the way, when he does come back, that's still the best backcourt in the league, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. All right, what do we got next? Hey, fellas, you see that kid Nathan Patterson making the big leagues? Ah, uh, mm. this is a great story. <laughs> 23-year-old Nathan Patterson who... Last pitch when he was in high school, showed up last year in Nashville, and you know they have these pitch challenges, you know, at the game, Mm -hmm. threw a pitch 96 miles an hour. Two weeks ago at Coors Field, he did the same thing. The A's had been tracking him, and guess what? On Thursday... The ace signed this kid. Now, that, it's like a Disney story. It is a Disney story. And can you imagine? He says, like, he stopped playing in high school. Why? He didn't really have a great arm then. What? So now at 23, you're casually throwing 94, 95, 96. If he can go from, eh, I don't really have a great arm in high school to at this stage being signed by a Major League Baseball team, this guy's seriously got some potential here, no? Well, well here would be my only thing. Is there any movement on the ball? Because if, if you're throwing it straight and flat... It's going to get hit out of the park. But come on, that is a cool story. When you show up at games, what are you throwing? Oh, I don't throw it all. Can you throw it? Can you get to 65? Two bounces. 70? When I went bowling, I was like getting at 10 miles an hour. By the way, I wanted want to be a 20. While he was sort of playing in a rec league and just trying to warm up, got hit by a car as yeah. well, broke his arm or hurt his wrist or whatever. I mean, this guy's still yeah, almost everything. pictures, they had him with the cast on. Yeah. That's, that's still a great and story. So. All right, the phone lines are closed. Let's take one last break, but still to come. Kevin Durant, he's off crutches. What? Look at him. To the Nets raise their expectations. And is Derek Carr being presumptuous by buying a Las Vegas house next door to John Gruden? I mean, he could always live there even if he gets cut. Does anybody really need a house in Vegas? Don't you just hop from place to place? <laughs> it's a Friday happy time, everyone. Happy 24th birthday. Chris Porzingis. in the span of 12 months. Latvia's greatest import made his first All-Star game, blew out his knee, and then got traded by the Knicks to the Dallas Mavericks. Przingis never got to play with Dirk Nowitzki, but he now has the chance to jumpstart his career alongside Rookie of the Year Luka Doncic. And because Izzy begged me to mention this, I happen to be the first person to interview Przingis when he first arrived in the United States. Do you have that information like raised up to the banners in your house? Did you get a certificate for that, Frank? Congratulations. Ed Sullivan got the Beatles. <laughs> I got Chris Przingis. A not-so-happy anniversary to this Ichiro impersonator. On this day eight years ago, 
This Ichiro lookalike at the Mariners game reached over the fence from his front row seat and interfered with the ball. That is a no-no. He was relocated to his seats far away from the playing field. Of course, the real Ichiro finishes Major League career with a 311 batting average and 3,089 hits. I want to play golf with the real Ichiro, not the fake one, the real Ichiro. You He's probably see, amazing. In you have game. to see him stretch before games. It was yeah. pretty remarkable. All right, happy trails to crutches for Kevin Durant. TMZ videotaped Durant limping around the streets of Los Angeles without the aid of crutches. If you look closely, that's the Capitol Records building right there in the background. Durant had surgery to repair a ruptured Achilles on June 12th. 18 days later, he signed with the Brooklyn Nets. He appears to be making good progress, but Durant, however, not expected to play this season. So now we're going to let TMZ force us to rush him back from this injury. <laughs> that shouldn't happen. And by the way, Durant has yet to speak since getting signed mm. by the Nets. And the TMZ guy was trying to get him to talk. He ignored him the whole time. Good job by Kevin Durant. All right, no errors today. We're running out of show. Let's go to the big finish. Derek Carr bought a home in Vegas right next door to the one owned by John Gruden. You think that's a smart move? I think Gruden's going to point all his security cameras to, to Derek Carr's, uh, David Carr's, ha Derek Carr's house, <laughs> rather than his own, to see what his quarterback is doing. Odell Beckham Jr. said that when he gets his timing down with Baker Mayfield, it's going to be scary. You agree? You know what? I actually do agree with that. My thing is going to be the first time they hit adversity with these guys, because Odell Beckham, last two years with the Giants, missed 16 games. They went 4-12 and 12 in the games that he did play. Let's other. see what happens. It's unknown whether Andrew Luck will return to practice for the Colts tomorrow. Should he? You saw that clip of Kevin Durant and what happened to his Achilles? No, he ah, probably keep Andrew Luck out for a while. Manchester United paid a record 85 million pound transfer fee for Leicester defender Harry Maguire. Makes sense? He's an outstanding player. He's got a big head, wins head balls all the time. He'll do really <laughs> well for them. Last one, NBA Christmas Day schedule. It's out. What game intrigues you the most? I mean, it's Clippers-Lakers, right? It's got to be. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, close second. But Clippers-Lakers. By the way, no Knicks. Oh. I know you're disappointed. We're out of time. Thanks for watching. I'm Frank Isola. And I'm Israel Gutierrez. Tony and Mike, they're back Monday. You can get the PTI podcast on the app, ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. You think David Griffin makes it to Taco Tuesday at LeBron's house? Oh.